Good morning. For those who don't know, my name is Chris Whitney, and uh, I pastor Nashville Family Church up the road, down the road, however you want to look at it, and I'm the founder and director of One Generation Away, and uh, you know I've been here a lot when they don't even introduce me anymore, so you just know right now that I don't know if that's good or bad. I saw Patrick at the rodeo, and he had asked me to speak, and I said, you know, I'm starting to get a complex. Every time I speak, you're not there. And he said, you need to look at that as a compliment that I trust you. And I knew that. We were just laughing, but I just I thought I'd share a little funny story with you. So um, if it's okay with you all, um, I'm going to share, I'll give you an update on what's going on with One Gen Away at the end of my message. Um, I felt like we ought to just dive into the Word. There's a lot of things going on with One Gen, but... Um, I just really have something that's, that's been on my heart, and um, I've been sharing with my church, and I feel like I just was supposed to share this with you this morning. So if you've got a Bible, you can open up to Luke chapter 24 and verse 36. Now, we're going to use quite a bit of Scripture this morning, and uh, being that I won't be here next week, we're going to kind of go through this pretty quick, but they're going to be on a PowerPoint. You can write the Scriptures down as I encourage my church, go home and study them for yourself. See what God speaks to you through them and about them. But uh, let us pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your wonderful word, that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And God, I pray this morning for the tongue of a ready writer and a word instant in season. And I pray that every heart, mind, and ear is open to receive what you'd have to say today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen? All right, Luke 24, verse 36. This is... uh, Jesus is closing out, you know, as he's uh, going to his ascension. And it says in verse 36, Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and 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 he said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened, and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Now isn't that a great question? I think about that in my own life. Why am I always so troubled, and why do doubts arise in my heart? He said, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is my, I myself. Handle me and see, for the spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. He opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it is necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Now, this is, this is where I, what I want to target on is verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now, this title of t- today's message is Power in the Promise. We have been endued with power from on high. But many times we walk around as the most impotent people in all the world. That's an embarrassment. Think about that for a minute. We've been endued with power from on high. In verse 50, he goes on and finishes, and he said, he led them out as far as Bethany and lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. 
And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Now, I have a real affinity. I, I was raised in a movement that, was, that taught a lot about the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I feel for some reason that the Holy Spirit has been not really talked about a lot. It's kind of interesting to me. And normally the one reason it's not talked about is about speaking in tongues. People get freaked out, so they just don't talk about it at all. And it's a shame that an aspect of a tremendous gift that has been giving, given us keeps us from discussing and embracing this powerful part of the Trinity that has been given to us. Now, I didn't put these, these scriptures on a slide. You can write these down, but I think this is so important. I believe one of the most provocative scriptures that's, that's written in the Bible, John 16, 7 and 8. It says, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Can you imagine when Jesus is your only way to heaven? We agree, right? He's the only way. The way, the truth, and the life. No man shall come unto the Father but through him. He looks you in the face and he said, it's better that I leave you here because I'm going to send you a helper. Well, if he tells me that, then by golly, I think I probably ought to get to know that helper pretty well. Because if he's my only way to heaven and he's leaving and leaving me this, he's not going to leave me some cheap counterfeit. He's going to leave me the real deal. I want to embrace what he's leaving behind. And then he goes on to say, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. So really, there is no way for you or I to know Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Because that's what convicted you of sin. And not only that, and, and Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? That leaves me fascinated. I think about that and I think, wow. The power of the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And I want to use that power in the right manner. Now, I brought a little prop up here with me. And this little pipe thing, you know. This is you. You're just a conduit. It's exactly what you are. You're a pipe or a conduit. Now, we can run electric through this. We can run water through this. And, and I just want to encourage you something this morning. You're not the source. I think our vernacular has messed us up a little bit. I'm getting a little bit off track, but that's okay. God just goes where he wants to go, and we're just going to follow him along. I really think we get messed up because of some of our vernacular that we've used in the Christian world. You know, how many people did you lead to the Lord? Zero. Oh, I just offended some people right now. Until you can convict them of sin, until you, they can only say Jesus is Lord because you said it, then you led somebody to the Lord. The Holy Spirit's who leads people to the Lord. You're just a conduit. You are the thing that the Holy Spirit flows through so that they can, they can sense the presence of God. They can sense God. See, we take on so much risk. If you are the person leading people to the Lord, man, you've got a lot of responsibility, brother or sister. You are bearing a lot of burden. You are bearing a burden you cannot bear. And then all of a sudden, everything becomes about the results. What if somebody doesn't receive Jesus when you've 
led them to the Lord? Or what if they walk away from God and you led them to the Lord? Then didn't you fail? Don't look at me like that. You, I mean, seriously, didn't you fail? Well, you didn't fail because that wasn't your job. That's not your responsibility. We take on responsibilities that we, that we shouldn't have to. Now, one of my favorite scriptures is over in Habakkuk. Habakkuk, however you want to say it. In case you want to correct me, that's fine. I'm good. Chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he, he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie, though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. It's interesting how Jesus told them to go wait for the promise. And here Habakkuk says to write the dream down, wait for the dream. It, it's interesting this morning as I was praying before I came over here today and I started you start to you get a little reflective of your life and what happens and things that go on and and you know a lot of you all know the story of one gen away we we I didn't come here I didn't I've never given food away in my life till I moved to Franklin I, I never never done any never even thought about it never came to my mind and, and I tell people all the time I believe God will let you believe whatever you want to get you where he wants you to be so he can finally tell you what he wants you to do I do I really believe that I, he moved me to Franklin, and I'm not doing anything that I thought I was going to do when I got here. Nothing. I mean, zero. Not even close. But I'm humbled by what God is doing with us and through us. And, and, and I was talking to somebody yesterday. No, no man can take credit for what God has done through one gen. Nobody. No man. And I love that. No woman. Nobody. It's God. And it reminds me that we are a conduit for his glory and that I had these plans. You know, many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord directs his steps. And that's yielding to me to the Holy Spirit. So here's a couple things. Here's a slide I wrote down. Our desire to know details that aren't important distracts us from finding the life and game-changing game truth that is necessary. Think about that. I'm going to say it again. Our desire to know details that are not important distracts us from finding the life and game-changing truth that is necessary. See, we sometimes want to find out so many details that we dismiss the Holy Spirit and that trust factor that we need in following his leading. You catching what I'm saying? I just got to have all the details. Now, if you're a detail person, I, that's cool. I am too. I like details. But, but, you know, there, there's an old saying, you know, the devil's in the details. I don't believe the devil's in the details, but I believe you can be led away from the Holy Spirit because you try to find out so many details that you're paralyzed by the details and you never do exactly what God's called you to do. Sometimes you just got to trust him and be led by this. Those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. As we chase symptoms, the Holy Spirit attacks the disease or the cause. You know, a lot of times doctors, man, they're, you know, they're, they're trying to, we're, we're chasing the symptom. The doctors are trying to find the cause so they can attack the cause. 
I believe the Holy Spirit is trying to lead us to the cause and the problem, not just the symptoms. There's a bigger issue. Symptoms just reveal a bigger problem. Don't be focused on the symptom. Be focused on the problem that's causing the system. That's how we're going to see change. One more thing as we keep going. Your measure of power is not discernment, not determined by your title or position. Just because you're not, quote, a pastor or an elder or a shepherd doesn't mean you are not qualified for the Holy Spirit to use you and speak to you. That deserved a way better amen than that was pretty weak. You all need to know that, man. I'm telling you. It's not based on your title, your position, your age. I'm telling you, young people, you are led by the Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you, he wants to speak through you, and he wants to use you to change a generation. In John 20, in verse 22, I'm going to tell you a story in a minute, so just hang with me. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And and I love things that I can tie back to the old covenant, Ezekiel. You know, it's a little intimidating when you preach in here when your mentor is Dr. Albert Lemons. You know, it can be a little intimidating sometimes. I'm just going to throw that out there sometimes, you know. Y'all think you got a rough morning. Imagine what I'm going through right now. Ezekiel 36, verses 25 to 27. Listen to this. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. Now, these are the steps in the redemption of Israel. I believe these are the steps in the redemption of us. Forgiveness, regeneration, and the gift of the Spirit of God. Whew, that's a good day, man. That is a good day. Forgiveness, regeneration, and the gift of the Spirit of of God. In Ezekiel 37 and verse 14, the dry bones passage, and in verse 14 it says, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. So you are not the source of the power. Sorry to burst your bubble this morning. But you are a wonderful conduit. So can I share a story with you? Food distribution. Last Saturday, we could go yesterday, Columbia, Tennessee. Mark Street was there. Is Mark here today? I didn't see him. I don't know if Mark's here or not. Oh, well, we just called Mark out. And it's, everybody asked Mark next Sunday, where were you? <laughs> you were on the tape. You were on the recording. Mark Street was in Columbia helping us do the distribution. I walk out to a car. There's a young woman sitting in this car. I walk up, and I said, uh, how you doing? Not good, was the answer. You ever, 
This little sidebar. You ever ask somebody that, you know, when you're thinking, oh, how you doing when they send that good? You go, oh, my gosh, now what do I do? <laughs> you start thinking, I'm a Christian. What do I do now? You're not supposed to say not good. I wasn't ready for that. Yes, you are ready for that. She said, not good. And I said, uh, what's going on? She says, it's just too long of a story for me to share with you. I'm not going to tell you. Okay, that makes things a little, little more challenging. I said, you know, well, hey, there's a local pastor here, because I knew she was from Columbia. I said, there's a local pastor here. I'd like for you to meet him. Would that be okay? And she said, yeah. So I, I walk over, and I go over and grab Eric, who pastors a church down there, and he was actually praying with another food recipient. So I waited for him to finish, and then I took him over to meet this young lady and introduced him to her. And, and we start talking, to, Eric starts talking to her, and he, he invites her to church the next day. And, and he says, can, uh, can we pray with you? And she says, sure, you can pray with me, but I'm not going to tell you what to pray for. Now, some of you, that would just freak you out of your ever-loving mind. I think everybody ought to tell us that sometimes. I don't, I'm not, I don't mean to be crass, but I just think sometimes, you know, it, it's... it's so remember now, this is me, just a conduit. I'm not taking on this pressure that I've got to know everything. I don't need you to tell me. I don't need you to give me a hint. I'm just a conduit. I'm just making myself available for the, for the Holy Spirit to use me. Now, I could tell the girl had a little bit of some church somewhere because she just, then her next statement was, well, you just let the Holy Spirit tell you what to pray. I thought, girl, I'd have you up preaching. I didn't see you tell some folks about that. You need to get them up and tell them. So Eric looks at me, and he goes, Chris, why don't you pray? I thought, well, yeah, I figures. <laughs> Just like a pastor, man. Pass the buck, you know. Sure. Yeah, thanks, Eric. I appreciate that. So I just bowed my head and closed my eyes. And I started to pray, and this is what I prayed. I said, Father, I pray for custody of this young woman's children. I pray, Father, that she'd be able to get out of this, out of an abusive relationship. I pray, God, you would restore her dignity and her life back to her. As I'm praying, I'm just going to, I'm going to tell you all, sometimes I open my eyes. You can pray with your eyes open, too. I just thought I'd throw it out there. So I open my eyes, and she just collapses on her steering wheel, and she's just sobbing. And she looks up at me, and she asks a great question. She said, how do you know all that? You want to know what I said? I said, you're the one that told me to pray by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I did. I did. I, that's exactly what I said to her. So Sunday morning, I step out of my pulpit preaching, you know, church. I get a text message. It said, a young woman came to our church this morning. Walked down and gave her heart to Jesus. It was that girl. Then I talked to the guy yesterday that Letter that, that prayed with her. He didn't lead her to the Lord. The guy that prayed with her, the Holy Spirit led her to the Lord. And he told me about how his wife came over and she started to share her whole story. And they took her to a back room, two women took her to a back room and she shared her whole story. Now, 
That to me is one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me. I've had a lot of really cool stuff happen. But it just affirmed to me what I should share with you all today. That the Holy Spirit is alive and well and wants to use you to be a part of sharing God's love, grace, and mercy. Now this young woman's engaged with a loving, caring church. Women that are going to come alongside her. They've already asked about her boyfriend, who is the father of her child, and said, would he come to church? And she goes, I think so. So some of the men are now contacting her boyfriend. All because of a giving food away? Isn't that neat? Isn't it amazing what the Holy Spirit will do when we make ourselves available to him? So if we are not the source of the power and we are the conduit, I got a good question. What power source are you using? Don't answer. Because there's basically three power sources you could use. God's, your own, or the devil's. And it, I don't care who you are, at one time in your life, you have been used by the devil. You might have been a Christian your whole life, but I'm telling you, the devil's used you at one time or another. And you may not know it, and may not believe it, but I'm just, it's happened. We all make mistakes, it happens. But I want to learn to be more consistent about allowing my conduit, my power source, to be God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. I want my power source to constantly be the Holy Spirit. Another way to put it is, whose ambassador are you? 2 Corinthians 5 says we're called to be ambassadors for Christ, imploring people to be reconciled to God. I firmly believe the only responsibility you have in life is just sharing your story and what God's done to you. And the rest is up to him. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Just share your story. What happened to you? I'll tell you what happened to me, man. God reached into my worthless, what I felt like was a worthless being in a life that was so messed up, so dysfunctional, and God just reached down and touched me. And he gave this beautiful woman to Mary who's just amazing. Man, that's what God did for me. I'm telling you, and my life's never been the same. I really love for you to meet him and to know him. That's all you got to do. The ball's in, now the ball's in God's court. And he's big enough to handle it. He built the court, made the ball. He did it all, man. Amen? I was going to finish with two little squirts. I'm not going to turn to them because we, we don't have much time, but I want to share about one gen, what's going on, because I know you all are interested. But in Luke chapter 9 and verse 49, you can read it later, but it, as Jesus was, was going to Jerusalem, his eyes, he was fixed on Jerusalem. He was going to the cross, and he walks through Samaria. And, and let me tell you, this happens as a pastor sometimes. You know, y'all might not know this. I'm a little intense sometimes. You may not have figured that out, but I can be a little intense. And, uh, but I get focused. You know, when I get focused, so, you know, when, the worst time to ask a pastor something or to look for his attentions on Sunday morning before he preaches it's amazing how many people want to come up and ask the pastor a question before he's going to go preach. Or, 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 you, you know, or I'll, I'll walk by somebody and then I'll get an email. You didn't even acknowledge me this morning. Well, God, forgive me. I, don't, I, I mean, I had my mind on something. It was a little, I was a little distracted. I'm going to be held accountable for what I'm getting ready to say in a few minutes 
to God. I mean, I love you, and I'm sorry I didn't see you. It was not intentional. I'm not mad at you. I, I like you. I just was, my mind was on something else. So can you imagine as Jesus walks through this town and his mind's on the cross and the people ignore him and his disciples say, hey, you want us to call fire down from heaven? That sounds like a great Christian thing, doesn't it? What a conduit. Yeah, I want to have the flamethrower conduit, brother. Come on. You're a worthless sinner. You're going to hell. Oh, that'll preach. Not very well, but it'll preach. Yeah, it won't have much impact, but that will praise the Lord. And you know what Jesus said to them? You do not know what spirit you are of. Those were the disciples. We just want to be careful as the conduit that we don't lose sight of who's the source and what the purpose of our conduit is. Our purpose is to love God, love people. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then verse 17, did you know there's a verse after that? Did you all know that? There's another verse. And it said, Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I think it ought to be mandatory that we quote 17 after 16. I think it's mandatory. So you don't lose sight of the fact that you're not here to condemn people. You're here to love them and let the Holy Spirit work on them. Then one of my favorite characters, Peter, in Acts chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, Peter filled with the Spirit. You think about that. 50 days earlier, 50 days, give or take a couple, right, Dr. Lemons? 50 days, give or take a couple. This guy that just denied Jesus and was being restored by Jesus, who was just broken, is now standing up and boldly proclaiming who he is. In 50 days. You want to know why? The Holy Spirit and the power that was given him. Amen? Amen. All right, one gen. You ready? A lot of good stuff going on with one gen away right now. I've got a couple uh, pressing issues, so I'll give you the least expensive one first. How's that for a good way to present things? Um, I need you all to pray for me. I mean this sincerely. I have a major meeting coming up this week um, that, that with an extremely large opportunity for us as a ministry and we have prayed and feel like we are supposed to walk through this opportunity, take on this opportunity. I've talked with my board, my board chair, and, and we feel like we're supposed to walk into this opportunity. We're just working out the details of it. And uh, uh, I say this with all humility that I can. I mean, we are so just unbelievably in awe of what God is doing, an opportunity he is giving us to feed more people. And, and to do what we do and to share the gospel and see more girls like we saw in Columbia and more people that come to know Jesus and to have their lives restored and rebuilt and regenerated. Um, so please pray for me this week. Um, a couple things that have happened since January. We are now partnering with St. Thomas Healthcare, doing mobile medical missions with them. Uh, we'll be in Grundy County on Saturday. We'll be in four counties with them this year. We also just happened... We have another uh, TriStar hospital that's engaged us and wants us, wants to come fit under our umbrella and, and start doing medical care and dental care and teeth pullings and teeth cleanings 
and sharing the gospel and having worship music at our distributions with 94FM The Fish. And so there's just a lot going on that's really amazing. I really just need you all to pray. We need wisdom, wisdom. I've got a church in Alabama that's called us that wants us to come and start helping them do this. So there's just a lot on our plate right now, and I really need God's guidance and, and favor. Um, so if you'd all pray for me this week. Um, remember a while back, I told you all we could start getting a truck, you know, coming in, and that started last month. So just under $1,000, we're getting about 12,000 pounds of food every month delivered to Nashville. Now, when you get that many pounds of food, the 16-foot truck y'all helped us with is awesome, but it only holds about six or seven pallets, and you can't fit that much food on six or seven pallets. Um, so we need a bigger truck, and our, our, our beautiful 26-foot truck we have, it is gloriously beautiful, 1996. And you know, you put lipstick on a pig, and guess what you got? A pig with lipstick. And it probably looked better without the lipstick than it did before you put the lipstick on it. So our truck, you can stand in the back end of our 26-foot truck and you can see daylight. That's never a good sign. You can get in our truck right now and start it without a key. That's not a good thing either. And it may not turn off either, which is not good either. And when, you're, when your diesel mechanic tells you don't drive this truck anymore, that's not a good sign either. So uh, we've been raising money for a 26-foot refrigerated truck, which is in desperate need, because in two days, again, for the second time, I did it last month, I'm going to spend about $460 renting a truck for two days to go pick up food. I don't want to have to do that every month. Now, one thing you need to know about us at One Gen and at Nashville Family Church, I've never borrowed money to do anything, ever, ever. Don't feel bad if you've got debt going on in the church or anything. I'm not here to, I'm not here to con, condone. We've just, have, Elaine and I have had it in our heart not to put any ministry we have in debt at all. It's just who we are. So I, for those of you that are out here and say, well, man, well, you could get a payment for less than $400 a month and go get the used, you know, we're, we're talking about a used truck. We're eyeballing one in Louisville right now. It's white, perfect color, put our flag on it. It's the right color, got a huge lift gate on the back refrigerated. Um, I've got a diesel mechanic that works on our trucks for free, and i got a refrigeration guy that works on our trucks for free. Um, so it's a used truck, but we're, we're eyeballing it. And uh, um, So I know some of y'all say, well, you could just go get a loan, and we could do that. I'm not saying we couldn't. I just don't want to do that, because that's just not who we are. Does that make sense? So um, we've, raised, we've raised some money for it already. We had a church write us a $5,500 check last week towards that truck. We had an individual write us a $6,000 check towards that truck already. God's been gracious, good, but we're still a long way from Tipperary, as they say. There's still a little water between us and the other side of, that, of, the, of the creek, and so we're, we're trying to make that up, and so if y'all want to know, that's where we're at right now. Um, our 16-foot truck is doing awesome. We're running that thing ragged, which is wonderful, and God's glorious, and one of the things you're praying for, yes, sir. Yeah, so this year, last year we did, what did we do, 464,000 pounds, Elaine? This year we're going to approach 700,000 pounds of food. It's going to be, we're going to do over half a million meals this year in Middle Tennessee. 
So last year, last year we did $1.1 million worth of food on a $140,000 budget. So y'all want to know if we're good with our money, I think that's a pretty good, that's pretty good with our money. Now, a lot of y'all say, well, man, that's good. That's what you should be doing. You're, you know, you know, you ought to be poor and begging God. I don't want to be poor and begging God. And what I want you to think about is what if, what could you do with 280? If you do that with 140, what could you do with 280? At 280, we could do a million meals. That's what I'm talking about. So that, that's, where we, that's where our need is. That's where we're at. We are doing, um, it's, it, God's humbling. I mean, we are humbled. I mean, we've had so many people step up and help us. The Franklin Theater yesterday agreed. They, they invited us, their free movie day, and, and had a canned food drive for one gen yesterday at the Franklin Theater. That's awesome. I mean, that's huge. It's a big honor, man. I spoke to four different crowds of people yesterday at the Franklin Theater to share about what One Gen's doing in our community. Every social worker now in the schools, Williamson County Schools, works with us, calls us to help feed kids in the schools. I mean, God's been opening up doors. In other states, we've been in 30 cities now around the country, and right now we're uh, Houston, Texas. Um, Huntsville's calling us. I've got a lady up in the Patrick Mead was speaking at a conference, and a lady called me from Ohio, heard him talk about one gen, wanting us to help them feed people in Ohio. I just had a guy from Virginia left me yesterday on Friday saying, how could you help us in Virginia? I mean, folks, God's doing something, man. And we built a replicable model so we can go feed people. And I tell you that, I don't mean to be crass, and I know i got to finish. It's not about the food. It's about that girl that got her, gave her heart to Jesus. It's about building relationships with people that are in desperate times and knowing that we're going to be there for them as believers to share the gospel and to walk life with them. It's about that relationship of where they are now and building a relationship with them so we can walk them to where God wants them to be. Once again, just being a conduit. Amen?